Welcome to the Somewhat Happy Hour podcast, episode 2.5. I'm Josh Fest, and today I have a very special episode with some of my favorite people on uh, the show today. And these are cast members from the play, The Women of Lockerbie. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, Josh Fest. Um, Can you all introduce yourself uh, and tell me what character you played in The Women of Lockerbie? Uh, my name is Paisley Lobu, and I played Olive. Uh, my name is Diva Turkamani. Uh, you can refer to me with they, them pronouns. And I played Madeline Livingston. And my name is Erin Cleary, and I played uh, Hattie. Yes, Hattie. Hattie with the mop. Um, and uh, Dima and I played the ever-so-loving... Uh, husband and wife team in in the show although we yes, had very we very little stage time together uh yeah no we just had a very intimate moment at the end and it was always so wonderful doing that moment together. if anything it was maddie and then you would run off and then i would just turn to <laughs> Paisley's character and we were together the show is like an hour and 31 minutes long i think we were together an hour and 27 minutes of the entire show just paisley and i just oh, absolutely uh, uh, absolutely. We were secretly all. I was saying we had that like conspiracy theory that Olive and um, Bill were Bill. having a little. That's terrible. That's what got yeah, us. There was some pretty, pretty sensual subtext going on there. I'd say between us. We'll get yep. to that whole sitting on the rock part of the show here in a little bit. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Um, but but let's talk about the show itself. Uh, Tell, tell tell the listeners what's the, what's the show about. Erin, can you start? Sure. Um, I don't remember what year it took place, but it is about nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. It is about a plane crash that um, crashed into Lockerbie, Scotland. It was mostly full of American passengers. And everyone on the plane um, passed away because of the crash. And it also killed six Scottish citizens. It was uh, a terrorist attack. And no one really ever talks about it. I know before we did the show, I had never heard of this event in my life. And a lot of people that came to see the show also felt the same. So it's kind of this terrorist attack that kind of went unnoticed by the media for the most part. Yeah, I... I was going to ask that later. Had, had any of you heard about the Lockerbie crash before we did the show? I feel like I had heard something about it very, very briefly, um, but nothing uh, really like folk. I never had like in history class in high school, never focused on that terrorist attack. I mean, I never, I never heard of it like in a classroom setting, but it was something that was brought up being raised in the Middle East um, because um, the whole thing was a whole like the whole thing was like oh it was a terrorist attack by like Middle Eastern and radicalists and everything like that Um, so it was something that was talked about when I was growing up but um, I just knew of it similarly to Josh it's not like I knew the extent of everything the same way the way that the play goes into Mm -hmm. paisley had had you ever heard of this before 
No, absolutely not. I grew up in America, so very different worldwide perspective on the event. And we never touched on it, even in the slightest in in a classroom setting. Um, When I mentioned the show to my parents, when I started, when we all started working on it, um, they had heard of it, but again, only briefly. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember having that conversation with my parents. They were like, oh, yeah, I know what that is, but it wasn't covered a lot on the news at the time. It was kind of mentioned and then it went away, uh, which something even Tasso, uh, who whose son passed away on the uh, on the flight, um, spoke about when he came to visit with the cast. Um, and so before we dive into working on the show, I want to talk a little bit about our characters. Um, but, uh, Aaron was very much the comic relief in this very, very serious drama. Um, there were funny parts throughout the play, but when Aaron was on stage, it was meant, okay, here's a breather. Uh, here's a good comic scene for us. Uh, Aaron, what was that like being, you know, in such a, such a serious play and being the comic relief character? Oh, oh yes. I remember like, I always had to come in and like instantly change the mood because I remember our friend Claire came and saw the show and she was like, every time Aaron came on stage, I knew that I was allowed to laugh because even if one of the other characters said a joke, it was kind of like, is this funny? Like, should I laugh at this? Or like, is this insensitive? So I kind of felt like I had this contract with the audience of being like, I'm here. We can have a good time. Let's Let's divert the tension for a little while and then we'll get back to like the blunt of the drama. And so that was really interesting um, to play that part. I was always featured with uh, another member of the cast, Darren, playing Mr. Jones. So like we kind of had this dynamic of like the sillier people in the show. And I think it kind of needed that to break up the tension of everything else going on. But also Josh and I had like a lot of really fun moments together. So it was a good time. I, I remember doing rehearsals. I was always supposed to be serious and I couldn't stop laughing during that uh, scene with, with you, myself and Darren. Uh, but, but your scene, the very first time we see you is after a really dramatic moment in the play. Uh, it's right after I, my character Bill gave this really, really long monologue about returning Christmas presents and how he's been dealing with it. And then there was, I would walk off stage and there was like a beat of Aaron. D- did you run on stage? Is that how you made the entrance? I I did, but I was supposed to be like an elderly woman. So like I had this weird hobble because if I fully ran, our director would be like, I don't think she'd have that much energy, but I'm like, but I'm still urgent, you know? So I'm going to like try my best. <laughs> It, it was just so nice. I remember sitting in the wings because I, yeah, I would sit in the wings. And and as soon as I would hear the first laugh, if it was, it was kind of like, a ah, they are still here uh, or still with us at this point in the show. I um, felt like I you, needed to break the audience because I was like, they're so upset. They don't know if they can laugh yet. I got to really be big here. Right. Because up to that point in the show, there's not really anything they could laugh at. I mean, there might have been like a like a one-liner that got like a small chuckle. But then again, it was still very much, is this okay to laugh at? Or like, should we just not? Um, yeah, it's so 
starts off like right off the bat, like with the whole plot of the play and the whole like meat of it. And it doesn't start off light. Yeah. Uh, Dima, can you tell us a bit about uh, uh, your character, Maddie? Yeah. Oh God. Maddie Madeline Livingston. Um, so she, uh, God, she is a, or was a mess because obviously she was still grieving her, um, the death of her son, um, even years and years and years and years, literally years, like 30 years. Seven years by the time the uh, yeah. parents went to Lockerbie for the first time. It's been 30 years since the actual yeah. uh, My attack. bad. Seven yeah, years yeah. At the, in, the, in, the, in the timeline of the play. But um, she was literally pushing everyone away in her own world, trying to find her son's, like anything from her son's remains, um, clothes that had. So yeah, Madeline, um, Maddie Livingston, um, was doing everything she can, running around the hills of Walker B, um, all over the place, looking for anything that she can find of her son. So either a piece of clothing or any kind of items um, that might have just fallen from um, the attack. Um, because, I mean, that was the whole gist of the play, is that the women of Walker B collected all of the different things that all the different remains from the cast that had landed all over their land and collated them into like a huge kind of storage place. And that was the whole thing is that everyone managed to get a piece of their loved ones that died in the crash, except for our family. Right. And your, your character uh, was, uh, a very physical character. You were running on and off stage yes, I was. for an hour and a half. You were always on the go. Uh, yeah. And um, you... At one point, I got tackled by Olive. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, but so much running. I mean, you ran up the through the audience in the very beginning of the show. Uh, I did. Which, you know, I... I whew, uh, and and just constantly yelling and running and that I what was that like doing that you know you did it uh, every it night was, for a month except for one night out of the week yeah no that was a lot I think so the semester right before Lockerbie I actually got diagnosed with vocal nodules I didn't know that. um. Yeah, so I had nodes, and that was a really hard thing to recover from. And it took me the whole semester, like four months, to recover and get back on my feet. And it wasn't until right before Lockerbie that I had a checkup, and they were like, you're good to go. And then I got the script, and we did our first read-through, and I read through the whole thing, and I looked at my character, and I got cast, and I was like, ah, this is going to be so much fun. But obviously, I didn't want to play. Um, I don't want to play her as just being frantic and loud. So it was just really finding the dynamic of like the sinister softness and and aggression in her voice with like not just yelling. But I think it was it was it was a lot to navigate. I had to work through it and make sure I wasn't hurting myself. Obviously, but yeah, 
it, it's a lot. It was a lot, but I mean, we made it, uh, and I didn't get next again. Good, and I'm good. Safe, so. I, I want to before we move <laughs> on, uh, real quick, I want to talk about the exchange mm-hmm. you and I had at Chipotle the day of the callbacks. We had both both heard that oh, we were getting we, we yes. were getting called called back for the women of Lockerbie, and uh, do do you mm-hmm. want to tell the, the the story? I can give my Please? my uh sure. yeah I, yeah. It was like a day of callbacks, and it was four shows. Was it shows? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So a day of callbacks, and we had just finished two callbacks for a show, and I was like, God, I just know I'm gonna be typecast because I'm brown. I was like, any characters is going to come to me for that. And I, was, I, wasn't, I didn't have my eyes on Lockerbie until I went to get lunch. And I bumped into one and only Josh Vest. And you were like, we're both called back for this. I really hope we get paired together. And I was like, wait a moment. And then it was like a, it was like a ah, moment because suddenly I was like, if I get paired with Josh Vest and we get cast together, that would be magnificent. Um, and and, and we, we did. did. And we'll- but during the callbacks, we were the very last. Yeah, first uh, pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they. I, I remember getting called for with a different pair uh, two or three times, and then last minute, our director M, M- uh, said, "Oh, Josh and Tima, come on down." And and then we were all. Most of us were dismissed right after mm-hmm. that. I think that was the last yeah. thing that was done. Because no, and then it. Into oh, um, Olive and Hattie, the, the Matthews oh, were okay. dismissed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, speaking of mm-hmm. Olive, uh, let's let's go <laughs> go on to Paisley. Paisley, tell us about hi. Hi, tell us about your your character. Um, so I played Olive Allison. Um, Olive is around the same age as Maddie and Bill, a little bit older. Um, and she is a local to Lockerbie, Scotland, who lived on a farm on the crash site. Um, and we find out later the traumas that Olive herself, um, endured due to the, accident um or the terrorist attack i should say um and uh up until we find out her story which takes a while to come out um she serves as a guide for bill and maddie um as they're visiting scotland um she tries to comfort them throughout the show uh and and we see that she's a character that gives a lot more than she receives um for the most part and that's just her nature she's very strong-willed very kind giving um and um uh, the play is written in the style of greek tragedy so olive also acts as the head of a small greek chorus um, that provides some expositional narrative element um, throughout, especially the first half of the show, um, in a in a Greek chorus kind of style. And so that was really, really different and challenging and interesting. And um, for the most part, I found her character to be pretty simple um, for the most part. And I didn't feel like 
her character and who she was was especially difficult and challenging for the most part. It had its moments, but um, she was such a, a calm person for most of the play that the real difficulties and um, challenges that I found came during those really dramatic Greek chorus moments um, where we basically spoke in poems all together, me with two other actresses, um, woman one and woman two. And, um, and we, (laughs) we had lots of dramatic lighting and some interesting, um, almost choreographed staging. Um, that was really interesting to play with because I've never done anything with Greek chorus kind of tragedy style before. Um, but I think that that's a really interesting format that the playwright chose. Yeah. And your your character had such a big, uh, it was I I don't know what to call it, but towards the end of this show, excuse me, play something was revealed uh, right after a fight. Is this before or after the fight? This is right after the fight, like directly from the fight into the big reveal. As Dima had said previously, uh. Maddie was uh, tackled to the ground um, by Olive uh, and they had a fight. And then right after the fight was this big uh, uh, moment where Mm -hmm. Olive talked about not only losing uh, a child, but also her husband. And I don't know, Paisley, if you ever caught, I'm sure you did. But the audience, like, reaction as soon as you said that, the gasps and the just the look on their faces um, during all of that was really like... Oh, that uh. is something that I really only heard about. Because while I was facing the audience for most of that, that really revealing kind of <gasps> moment, um, I was not seeing them at all. Like, I was, I was really in my own kind of world during that. And so I really had no idea. Um, And it's such a big dramatic moment that I was worried each night afterwards. Like, did it hit? Did, cause that's, that's the moment in the show when it's like, you're either going to cry or you're going to leave kind of dissatisfied. And so I was, there was a lot, I felt a lot of pressure on myself to like make that really, really, um, impactful without telling the audience, here's the moment where you're supposed to cry. Um, but I loved it. I loved that moment yeah. in the show. It was such an intense moment. And I remember every night just hearing, oh my God. One night I remember hearing someone say, oh fuck, uh, right in front of me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, are you serious? Um, and I think it was an usher too. Uh, that said that and I remember the ushers uh, one usher stands out uh, he was a younger uh, individual and and he would respond he saw the show I don't know how many times um, but each time he would react to the ushers next uh, to him and, and just go on and 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 I'd always be like this can someone tell this usher just to stop saying oh fuck after something happens in the play uh it, it, i was like what what you were here last night you know what's gonna happen um but let's now let's i want to move on to that the audience reaction to this show. uh 
it was so i think during the rehearsal process we knew kind of how how people would take the show um but i i didn't expect the reaction oh, we yeah. got i knew people were going to be moved i knew people part. were going to say you know certain parts of the show really hit them uh but but the reaction we got was was huge and we had all been doing the show working on the show for a month but almost a month by the time it had opened so the emotions themselves for us were kind of like okay you know we're done um i'm perfectly fine after the show um but walking out of the uh door uh we would flooded with people uh just bawling their eyes out and wanting to come up to us and and hug and and you know me, I'm not a very huggy person, so I was like, I- I'm I'm okay. Like you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're upset. I think I've ever been in something that was that well received in a way. I don't know if that's the right you know phrase, but but because we really we had we were so I, I don't want to call it numb to the show to the story and reactions, but in a way we kind of were after doing it every day. Especially the last two and a half weeks, we did it. It was so like see everyone crying from from that moment on, and then after the show, they were still crying. You know, and we took about like ten minutes or so to get you know out of our costume and everything. And by the time we would walk out to say hi to people, it was still tears. Um, and there was no intermission. No, so everything was coming at coming at you fast. So the audience was just taking it all in one huge sobbing monologue yeah. after the yeah, other which there was- put an intermission into the show yeah i don't think it would have been yeah. appropriate uh it was a short play oh. um although mm-hmm. I it didn't always feel that way on stage um but i'm sure to them it was kind of like well that was really short my brothers even said that to me they're like you know you've done a lot of long plays but i kind of wish this one was just a little bit longer longer and i was like for what there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing else to tell the show's over um the story has ended uh, Paisley, do you have any yeah. any reactions that you remember during that during the run of the show? Um, like audience reactions. Yeah. Or like, what are we talking? Yeah, audience interaction. Um, I I really was surprised at how well received it was. Um, especially since it is just a show that beats you down the whole time and just. Um, it's, it's so dramatic and it's so sad and the funny moments are so brief. Um, yeah, it that was it's, they almost, you know, it's like, they're hilarious, but it's hopeless. Like, it's just a sad, sad show and not everyone likes that. And I would actually say that a vast majority of people don't go to the theater to, um, just feel bad. But what that last my my big monologue um, that we've referred to a few times, what that does for the show is so far beyond what it is for my character is a very personal moment and backstory and um, revelation. But what it is for the show is so intentionally done by the playwright. And, and it's the moment when not only are they gaining sympathy for my character, but they're understanding the full weight of the tragedy, big scale, um, and across the board for not just the Livingstons, but for, oh, whoa, 
this shattered a community, this shattered um, uh, the world. Um, this was a, a, a what's it called a, a fracture in in humanity, and um, that's what that monologue really reveals. And so, it, up until that point in the show, if the show had stopped before that point, I don't know if we would have walked out and been greeted with so, so many tears and such enthusiasm. It opens up something larger for all of the characters um, that I think the playwright did, Deborah Brevoort did very intentionally. And um, and all of a sudden, it's like all of us are seen sort of with new, very tear-clouded eyes. Um, and so I think it, it, it was surprising to me just how much in, the audience was impacted. But looking back, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, so... So intense. Um, I, I think we knew we had something special uh, from the read through. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah. I remember um, <laughs> I walked in with M and I was very, very nervous. This was the first time throughout my entire uh, Mason career I had ever played the good guy. Uh, I always played the misogynistic mm-hmm. bad guy in every show I did. And when I was doing this, I was like, well, I don't know what, I don't know how to play good guy. I don't know how to do this. And also I've, ne- I've done dramas, but not like this. I've always had, you know, I've always been the villain in a drama. So, you know, it's kind of its own thing, but doing a drama like this wasn't anything I'd ever done before. And so I was terrified going into this, not knowing I was like, well, even in the script, it says Bill openly weeps for the first time at the end of the play. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I know I can't do that. I've never tried to do that. So, um, but, but the read through let's, uh, what were your um, reactions walking into the room as before we started? So we're talking about the very first read. This is the first time uh, I, I had read the script before. I think I read it two or three times before we had all met. Uh, had you all gotten I'm, the chance I'm to read a it bad before? Yes. Major. I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you? Uh, well, then, then I want to start with Aaron. What was your uh, the reactions and everything you felt? What What did you feel yeah. during the very yeah, first I read of the women? So, <laughs> I honestly had no idea what this play was about until M talked at convocation like it's about this and then I had no idea it was a historical like thing and so it wasn't until the night before callbacks that I'm reading over these lines these sides and I'm like oh my what is this and like I was very interested so I go into the callback and like we do the show and all I knew was that it was in Scotland and like based off a historical event and so we come into first read and I'm like I only know the scene I read for callbacks. I don't know what this character is. I, I barely know anything about her. I don't know anything about the other characters other than what I've seen from callbacks. So like, yeah, reading it the first time, I was like, oh, this is hitting so hard. Like, this is so... And so like when my scene came, I was almost like, I really got to work hard to make people comfortable again because like we were all so solemn in those moments. And yeah, it was interesting, like... It's it, it really is a fun time going to my first read, never having reading the show, because like I didn't know what my next line was gonna be or like my relationships with any of the other characters. So it was really funny. Um, but yeah, it was a weird time. I 
Ugh, that first read so yeah. so long ago. Uh, I think I had a complete opposite experience to Aaron because I had read the play over and over again, freaking out about the fact that I was playing a mother, a grieving mother. I was like, I am nowhere close to a mother. I don't even, I don't even want children. How the hell am I meant to connect to this character? I, that's, I felt the oh. same exact way. I think you and I talked about that a lot before we started the show. We were texting. I read it again today, but I don't, you know, I don't know how to connect with this. You know, I'm, I am not a middle-aged man, um, nor do I have children. Uh, but. Uh, you kind of do now. You're, you're a teacher. I so. guess. Um, yeah, but at 3.30, they go home and uh, not a anymore. Uh, I come home to Hazel. Uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah i i remember dima and i talking about oh uh how do we connect to playing parents and doing this and doing that uh paisley what about you um yeah i <laughs> uh something that helped me through that because um yeah middle-aged woman lost my daughter lost my husband i had to think about I had to do the good old Stanislavski substitution and just absolutely take a mallet to my mental health and throw my boyfriend into those roles in my mind and um, love him so much. I just had to do that. Like I had to do it because there there was nothing, nothing to relate to. And so I, I really had to just fill in the characters, the imaginary, never-present characters that I had lost in my character's life with um, the my loved ones and try to get through it that way. But it was intense tapping into um, those emotions of grief when I, at the time, had, had not even really fully experienced grief over the loss of someone, um, the loss of the life of someone, I should say. And, um, and that took a long time. I don't feel like I fully got it. Um, maybe, maybe throughout the entire run of the show. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure still that I fully was able to tap into that kind of thing as an actor, but definitely by tech week, I was feeling more developed in that sense. Um, but up until that point, it, it was really, really difficult. Uh, I remember sitting Dima and I I think it was Dima Aaron and I were all sitting together um I I think I sat in between you both uh and I remember during uh the first long monologue which was Dima's talking about how Maddie had uh, was was in the kitchen when she had heard the news um from uh what was the reporter's name um Oh, I, the, yeah. What was the reporter's name? Uh, that I, I almost said Tom Brokart, but that's not who it was. Um, what was it? Oh, oh, Couple Ted Couple. Ted Couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember looking up and seeing the um, our our uh, friends of theater, and seeing uh, Ruth the. Uh, um, production from a year ago. Um, yes, 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 yes. That's what it's called. Sorry, Ruth. Um, and a few others just, you know, starting to cry. And then 
the more we got into the show, the more people started to cry. I started to cry the first time I read that long monologue. And I remember M telling me, you have to stop crying. Uh, and I could, even during rehearsals, I couldn't, couldn't help, but, you know, get emotional. Uh, but that's when I knew this was going to be a very hard show to get through um, for the next month. And that's, I want to, uh, before we go into rehearsals, because this is alongside rehearsals, I want to talk about um, mental health during this show. Uh, so I'm, I am very open about my depression and doing this show. Um, at first I, I, you know, was okay, but the more we got into it, uh, and the, you know, it, it was just constantly on my mind. And then just thinking about it, it was, it was really hard to play something like that night after night after night. And then still being like, you know, okay. But I was also going through my own mental health stuff. So I just found that as a, as a oh. huge challenge to keep going with this show. It took like a lot of, uh, a lot out of me and I, I'm sure you all feel the same. Um, does anyone speak, yeah, speak to that? Oh yeah. Right before, I think it was like literally right before we got cast a week ago, maybe um, my grandmother had passed away. And she had been in a stroke for two to three years. So um, in a coma, my bad. Um, for two to three years. And then she passed away. And then I got cast and I read the script and I was like, all right, all right, the grieving part. Okay. But and so that whenever death was mentioned or anything, because that was the most recent death I had experienced, that was what I was constantly relating it to, kind of similar to what Paisley was saying with the substitution and everything. So it was like, it was very tricky to isolate my own personal life when it, when I came to trying to connect to a grieving mother. And I think it was, it was, it was really weird as well, because I feel like the whole energy of the two months right before like January, February of last year was really uneasy because it was right before COVID like really took over. So I think there was a constant uneasiness throughout that whole two months. And I have my whole, my own fair share with mental health that I go about with on my day-to-day uh, -day basis. So I think it was like a collection of being like, I need to focus on the show and this character that I'm playing, but also everything in the world seems very much floaty floaty right now. So I was just trying to navigate all of that, I guess. Yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Um, personally, I, I didn't feel super... I could separate myself from the character, I think, but it was, um, like we were mm -hmm. saying, there was, before we opened the show, it was 14 days in a row of running the show without a day off. And that is just a lot. And mm -hmm. I remember, um, we, we would always finish running the show and like the end of the show, everyone was on stage and we were all on our knees and that's how, like that, that was the final image. And, you know, we'd end the show and the lights would come back on and we were all just sitting there like, in in this in this mood of because like we, we let it like seep into us the mood of the show was there and so it almost we immediately would have to like play games or like get up or like dance because it was it would it would hit you so hard and it would stay with you and after doing it for so many times in a row I think we were all just exhausted and I remember one of our professors came and saw like the previews or something mm. and he was saying this show's amazing I love it so much but these actors wouldn't be able to do it, you know, eight times a week because it is just so heavy. And I think we never really were given 
the prop the proper tools to carry it for that long and like yeah we only had what five performances and then we closed the show and and it was done and so I think we were kind of like we're doing it up to then and then we'll crash afterwards but yeah if we had to do it eight times a week for six months or whatever it would have been an even more emotional like baggage to carry it was it was a lot yeah I I can remember the day after the show closed, I started to lose my voice. Same. Me too. Uh, because I, I hadn't let my voice rest. I mean, 14 days. and uh, But I remember right after that, my mom was like, wow, my voice is gone. And I went to, I think, voice and speech or something like that. And uh, the professor was like, um, maybe, maybe you can just watch today. Uh, no. Your voice does not sound healthy at all. Uh, and I know you've been doing the show for this amount of days in a row. So that's okay. And But but I completely forgot about that image of during rehearsals leading up to tech uh, when we uh, our stage manager would say end of play and we would all sit there, not in silence, but we would just sit there to catch our breath before we were going to go back and fix things. And yeah, that was, that was a big, like such a, I remember those moments where like, it, it was quiet and, and uh, our stage manager Freak would say, okay, uh, let's take mm-hmm. a 10. And we would all kind of just sit there. Okay. <laughs> I, I have, I can't move right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. I think also because I feel like, we're all not people that yell and scream a lot. I think having to conjure up the emotions to be able to scream at another character and yell at them. Oh my God. That was... Huh. There was a lot of yelling in this show. Between, between yeah. Dima, Paisley, and I. Uh, yeah. Dima and well, have a lot of mo- yelling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my, something that made me laugh... Uh, when my brother saw the show with his uh, with his now wife, uh, she, it, it was the scene where I say, "How could I, Maddie?" and I yelled. It was the first time, you know, because we mm. see Bill very calm throughout most of the show, and then it was like, "How could I?" Boom! And then you saw this just emotion, and it was loud. M wanted it super loud and super out of character, which was weird for me to do because it was like i was so calm and then ah anyway my brother said two things to me after the show mm-hmm. one uh, i told Haley, who is his wife he goes i told Haley he's yelled at me like that before uh, so i felt like he was yelling at me and then two during the show itself during the actual run through of that play my brother i didn't have my phone on me but he texted me and said it's a nice wedding band where did you get that and and he asked me that after the show, and I was like, I don't know. The costumer got it for me, and he, and he was like, Do you get to keep it? I was like, No, they're gonna put it into storage. Thank you so much for listening to the first half of this episode of the Somewhat Happy Hour with Josh Vest and featuring the cast of the Women of Lockerbie. Make sure you listen to part two of this episode of the Somewhat Happy Hour podcast featuring the cast of the Women of Lockerbie. Put on your Crocs and let's get dressed. It's Somewhat Happy Hour with Josh Vest.